I'm like, and I'm also, I'm like, I haven't, <clears throat> I haven't talked much yet today. So I'm like, mm, I should have done some. <laughs> Don't worry. Honestly, it's, okay. it, honestly, like we're moms. It's good. It's it, even if your kid comes in, it'll be kind of cute. Don't worry. Let's just have fun. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Secrets of a Sober Mom. Today, I am speaking with my friend. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely a friend now. <laughs> Vanessa Merlini. Vanessa and I met on an online sobriety slash support meeting um, that someone we both love and admire started right at the beginning of the pandemic. You've heard me speak about um, this amazing uh, uh, recovery warrior, Laura McCowan. She started an online group. It has a ginormous following now. And um, it's a whole wonderful community that was constructed for newcomers, old comers, you know, any kind of, any kind of support that you're really seeking. And, you know, I try to jump on that meeting as much as possible, uh, definitely several days a week. And it's run like an AA meeting, but it's not an AA meeting. And, you know, there's generally a speaker and then people, you know, share. And just like any other recovery meeting, there are people that share and you're like, oh my God, that is me. That was me. You completely relate to everything that person says resonates with you. And then there are some people that, you know, just kind of, you know, you always, I always get like maybe something out of everyone, but there's definitely people who you relate to more than others. And anyway, to make this long intro shorter, um, this woman, Vanessa, you know, shared and her video was on. So I saw her and she shared more than once. And every time she opened her mouth, I was like, I like what she has to say. You know, she was a mom. She was articulate. She reminded uh, me of me. So I kind of stalked her. Um, not everybody has their full name on the screen. And she did. And I looked her up on Facebook and I sent her a private message, you know, telling her that I heard her and I'm part of the uh, meeting and I loved what she had to say and I love to connect with her. And I didn't hear back from her for a few days. And I thought to myself, oh, shit, you know, maybe I crossed the line. And anyway, she did respond and we spoke on the phone and she um, agreed to come on and I was really happy. So, hi, Vanessa. <laughs> After all that. Hey. Hi, Leslie. What a great intro. Oh, God. It was a very long intro. I'm excited to be here today to, to discuss sobriety and motherhood and uh, the journey that is life. <laughs> I know. I'm so happy. And I know it's really early for you on, on, the, other, on the other coast mm -hmm. in, uh, in Seattle. And... Um, you know, it's so funny. I have to say, I was only in Seattle one time, and it was on my teen tour when I was 15. And it's oh definitely my on my list to go back to. Yeah, you know, you know, you, you, I was 15, you know, and my parents sent me, you know, on a teen tour to, you know, travel the country. And I really think that all of that is really wasted <laughs> on the youth. Because, I mean, it was great. I made tons of friends, and we 
You know, we mm-hmm. stayed in hotels and we also camped out, but I didn't appreciate, you know, I mean, yeah, seeing Mount Rushmore was great. And I could say that I was there, <laughs> but you know what? I would so much more appreciate it now than I did when I was 15. And I know that I was in Seattle and I went to the Seattle Space Needle, but mm-hmm. it was just another, you know, it was another, you know, observation tower. And I just know right. that I didn't appreciate those things as much as I would today. Anyway, I digress. Well, you can come back out. <laughs> I, uh, I need to hit the, your coast too. I actually have only been to New York once because my husband oh my works God. there frequently. And I've met actually another two women on uh, Laura's lovely meeting. And one is currently in Maine and one is in New Hampshire. And so we've been speaking and hopefully we'll plan a trip to the, to the East coast here shortly again, through meeting women uh, in, in recovery or trying to get there. Right. <laughs> trying to yeah. get to. Right. Uh, right. Right. That would be so great. Cause you feel, I feel like I've, you know, um, you know, gotten to know many women and I would, mm-hmm. I would love, you know, I would love to meet them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I hope you have your coffee. I have mine. Oh, speaking of coffee, is it just me or not so much now, but when I stopped drinking, especially the yep. first year, oh my God, I was drinking coffee from like seven in the morning until 10 at night. I, cu- I was drinking coffee all day. I could not go anywhere without it. It was kind of like my alcohol that I couldn't go anywhere without. Yes. I mean, I think that happens frequently. And it's funny that you brought that up because I, um, my husband and I talk, have talked about that. And I, I'm the same way with water. I mean, yeah. now it, he, he makes fun of me and because I have, have to have water with me all the time. I have my water bottle with me yeah, all the me time. Too. Me too. In my car, I have extra water. And he's just like, I think there's a problem here. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> no, I think it's actually a really good thing. But there's always something for me yeah. Um, and us. I, I feel like we all have these little quirks. Um, absolutely. That are great. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. The coffee definitely, I mean, I've always liked coffee, always, but it was really, it was crazy, crazy amounts of coffee. And, you know, it's, I've definitely cut back. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I have my water, you know, wherever I go, yep. wherever I go, I always, I always have tons of water bottles. And with the coffee, it's something to replace, right? I mean, if we're taking away alcohol, it's something that replaces that. And it also is a stimulant. So it provides something, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Get me out of here, right? So I absolutely agree with that. I think that we, when we first get sober, can tend to use other substances um, in the same way that we used alcohol, right? Um, And then it's becoming aware of... uh, of how much we are using them and making adjustments accordingly. Right. So, and that happens as we get well, right. Yep. Yep. It's all part of the process. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you about, I wanted to get your opinion about something because um, last night I, as I uh, was going through, you know, my last round of, you know, emails and uh, Facebook, I saw a post which, you know, is just ubiquitous, you know, on Facebook about, um, yeah, I think it was from Scary Mommy, you know, something about wine, mm-hmm. you know, something mm-hmm. about, you know, a bottle, you know, I don't know, bottles of wine. And mm-hmm. I started thinking about, you know, mommy wine culture. 
Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, I don't really love the term. I know it exists, but I don't, I don't love the term mommy wine culture. And I don't know how much I really bought into it. You know, I don't think that I drank any more or any less, you know, as a mommy. You know, definitely, I mean, until I fell off the cliff, you know, the last, you know, three years when I was really drinking alcoholically um, and like an animal, you know, around, you know, around the clock. But before that point where I was drinking, I don't know, I want to say I'm using air quotes, you know, like a normal person, I, I, I wasn't really mindful of, you know, oh, you know, my kids are, you know, driving me crazy, you know, I need... I need a glass of wine. I need that time at night where I could, you know, have my mommy juice. I don't know. What do, what do you think? You know, I I feel like I kind of miss the whole mommy wine culture. I, I think for one, you know, everybody's story is so different. And everybody's relationship with alcohol and or drugs is so very different. And um, And for me, my addiction took off when I was younger, before I had children. So I, I didn't have the, I don't want to say luxury because I, it's not a luxury to have mommy wine culture. And, and I don't believe that we actually really bond over getting drunk with each other. I used to, I don't now. Um, but I had, our, my addiction had already progressed so badly and so far by the time that I had my daughter that I was completely um, oblivious to that, right? Because I had already been the round-the-clock drinker. I had already been the, the woman that had been in treatment a handful of times. So I never really uh, got to um, or even saw mommy wine culture as a thing. What I can tell you is I, I hear it a lot from women. Right. Um, even women that aren't mothers that say, you know, rosé all day. We're seeing <laughs> we're see, rosé signage all day. everywhere. What is that? I know. Ugh. We see signage. I had one. I have one friend in the program who, for a long time, was very, very upset by seeing signage, rosé all day, gift cards, T-shirts, anything you could ever imagine promoting drinking, and. You know, unfortunately, that's just that's just the world of advertising, right? Um, whatever they can do to make a buck, and we, we don't really think about, you know, it's not their job to think about. Do you remember how sorry, it affects I'm people? You for one second? Do you no. do you remember um, a wine called Mommy's Time Out? I don't. You don't. It was a really that's cheap. Horrible. I mean, towards the end, you know, I wasn't, you know, drinking. Um, sure. I wasn't, you know, I was drinking like, you know. Well, I wasn't drinking wine at all at the end because wine was like drinking water. I know. But right. like a little before the end, I was buying, yeah. you know, really right. cheap wine because, well, I mean, I wasn't enjoying the wine. I was just chugging it. And there was wine and it was called Mommy's Time Out. I mean, mm-hmm. ridiculous. Anyway, I interrupted mm-hmm. you. Well, no, and, that, and that's the thing, right? I mean, <clears throat> advertisers are really, really good at um, at advertising to are what we're lacking, right? You need to have this, fill this, you know? And I say that coming from a background of being in advertising and that's where my drinking really wrapped up. And I think there's such a, 
advertising for me is so fascinating and marketing and, and studying just human behavior, but, but, but that's it, right? It's being a mom is hard and being able to check out and almost being given permission by the wine bottle to check out makes it so continues that cycle, right? Um, because subconsciously we're getting that, that that's okay. And um, it's dangerous. And I think, and, and that's something that, that you with this podcast and other women now um, are starting to speak up about. And that's how we reduce the shame and the stigma around um, drinking moms. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's so, you know, it's, you know, think about it. You know, we are so far, so far from this um, place, but I mean, I don't really know anyone who smokes anymore, but if someone, you know, if you say to someone, I don't smoke, they don't think twice about it. I mean, you right. know, a lot of people think, of course you don't smoke. I mean, smoking kills you. But if you tell someone that you don't drink, you know, their reaction, you know, is often, oh, you know, sometimes people will say, you know, most of the time they don't say anything, but it's, it, I know, and I could see that it's not like, oh, you know, they just don't drink. It's, that's weird because, right. in our, you know, in our society, in our culture, you know, it's, it's not okay not to drink, you know, it's not normal not to drink. And, right. you know, how often did you, because I know that I did this, you know, when I was out for dinner, you know, with friends or my husband or mm -hmm. whomever, you know, we were sitting at a table, especially if it was a BYOB, I would look mm -hmm. around and I would be amazed if people didn't have a bottle of wine with them. At the mm -hmm. table. I, I could not understand how could people not drink? I mean, I, it was such a, I felt that so deeply yeah. that I could not, I know that was coming from an alcoholic. But, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, we're just so far from that, you know, people just accepting, you know, I don't drink, I don't drink cause you know, I don't drink just like I don't smoke. Yes, you're right. And I think definitely coming from somebody who is an alcoholic and who is, who is very well aware of not so much anymore, but used to be, um, very well aware of where the alcohol was, who was drinking, you know looking at people in a restaurant, um, drinking and saying, oh, poor me, why can't I drink too? Um, not fully understanding, I mean, intellectually understanding that like they're drinking and they may have a couple glasses and then they're going to go home and they might not drink again for two weeks or a week, right? But for right, me, right, right. it was a totally different story, but still, um, I couldn't, I mean, honestly, when I first got sober, like I could not go out to a restaurant. I could not go to an Italian restaurant specifically because right. I thought, oh, the waiter's going to look at me weird if we don't get wine. Like, that's rude to not order wine. That's going to affect their tip, right? It's I know. All about yep. Yep. I think about right? that too. I think about that too. When, a, when it's my turn to order and I just say, you know, no, I'll have to just have water, please. It's some lemon. You know, mm -hmm. I can see it. I could often see it on their faces, but I know exactly what I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. And then it's like, but you but you know, it's um it, it shows how how when we can eventually go to a restaurant and be proud to order something water, sparkling water, whatever it is. Um, today I can do that and own it and yeah. 
and I, and a lot of that just takes work of when I first got sober, I was so, um, not worthy, right. Not worthy of, and not also not even knowing what I wanted or what I needed. And so as I got sober, um, understanding my worthiness and understanding, um, my place helped me and helps me to move through life, not pleasing everybody else. Like, sure, I care about the waiter at a restaurant, but do I care if he has an opinion about me drinking? No, not today, not at all. Um, but again, that that is where the work comes in, and I know work. I have I've had a lot of people message me about what is the work. I don't understand this work, right? Because I think it's it's so confusing because right, there are right, so many right. paths to recovery, right? Like, what is the work? And um, and everyone has their own journey with that. And I think um, for me, I, I found something that worked. Works for me right now, right? Um, to be able to navigate those situations, like yeah. the restaurant and you know, the yeah. wine and the hard liquor and the in, in the groceries now, yeah. or you know, the reactions from people when I say I don't drink, like those are things that just take time. Yeah, so funny when I when I think back, you know, in the first you know few months that I was um, I was sober, you know, for me, you know, I really um, I was definitely on like this pink cloud, you know, I really, I was not miserable. I, you know, I didn't hold a slogan above my head saying, you know, I'm, you know, 20 days sober, I'm an alcoholic, but I kind of, you know, now I really take pride in my sobriety, but I was, I really wasn't, I really wasn't ashamed of it. I kind of, I don't know. In fact, I remember vividly, I was out for dinner with a friend. It must've been within the first couple of months I was sober, maybe even a month. And we were at an Italian restaurant and, um, and like the, certainly the first few months of my sobriety, first year, no one would drink around mm-hmm. me. I mean, like, you know, they just wouldn't. In deference to me, you know, they just didn't, they didn't drink. And I remember we bumped, I was with a friend and another, um, someone who I hadn't seen in a very, we were eating like it was like outside and another, a friend who I hadn't seen in a very long time, a guy that I went to high school with, hadn't seen in a million years, walked by. And we were chatting for a few minutes, blah, 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 blah. And he said to the waiter, oh, please buy, you know, these girls um, a drink for me. And I remember saying, looking at him, saying, oh, no, no, I'm in recovery. (laughs) Right. And he looked at me. And I don't think he knew how to respond. Mm -hmm. You know, know, it was so funny that I just, um, I just said it. And I said it with such you know, like in su- like so with such pride, I'm in recovery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my friend who's so funny, I mean, she's hysterical and she has, you know, witty conduct. I mean, she was, she was, you know, peeing in her pants. She thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Um, and I don't know if I would say that today. I would just simply, you know, decline and not even mm-hmm. like think about offering a reason. Um, right. But yeah, that's, I was, I was kind of, I was kind of crazy in the first couple of months. I don't know. But, um, yeah. And also, you know, as, as a mom and, you know, you have a child and I have three kids, you know, there's so much, so much shame and so much guilt Mm -hmm. that, you know, is still, you know, I've definitely come to a better place with it. Um, 
but I just think it's something I'm going to be working on for the rest of my life. You know, I'm, you know, I was always, when I stopped drinking, afraid of, you know, people's judgment about Mm -hmm. me, you know, and when I, you Mm -hmm. know, when I first got sober, you know, I Mm -hmm. just felt, especially, you know, in my community, you know, I just Mm -hmm. felt incredibly, incredibly judged. And I remember something that Laura McCowan said, I don't know if it was in her book or I read it somewhere, that the fear and the pain is the judgment about yourself, not, you know, not Mm -hmm. other people's judgment. But, you know, we're wired to, you know, give a fuck. Like, that's just how we are. Like, we're just, we're wired to give a fuck. And, and I do, you know, and I really do. I try to work on it, you know, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we are, we're wired to give a fuck about what our friends think and what our partners think and, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone, right? Yeah, you know, and I, um, I agree. I agree with that. And that is most definitely, um, you know, one of, one of my character defaults is, is caring, you know, what other people think of me. And um, I, it kind of reminds me of this Pema children quote. It says, um, it, I read it and it was just like, oh, that. And it's inner peace begins the moment you choose not to allow another person or event control your emotions. Mm. And today, um, it's, a, it's a work in progress, right? But so much of what I do today is step work. I come from a background of AA and the first, you know, the first step is powerless over alcohol, power, powerless over people, places, and things. And the reality is, is that's the truth. Not because it's um, a liability for me, but because it is, it allows me to stop and look at the situation objectively and say, okay, this is what happened. This is what the person did, or this is the circumstance. I don't have power over how that goes, but what I do have power over is the way that I respond to React that, to the way that I allow that to make me exactly. feel, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and that, is a ver- that is something that has been practiced to the point where I have started to see it happening almost on a daily basis where it is like this active, like this happened and I'm actively putting myself, stopping myself and deciding, right, how I'm going to respond to it. And that allows me to really, um, to, to live authentically. And, you know, it's something that is fine tuned. I mean, there are certainly situations where I'm, I'm, you know, I feel like I want to curl up in a ball and hide. Right. Um, but for the most part, and again, it is, it is, for me, it's a little over four years of actively doing the work. And for me, the work is, um, it is in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? And it, it, and it's something I thought for many, many years, like, oh, that's not for me. That's not for me. You know, every time I hear someone say, that's not for me, I'm like, well, you know, and I had only experienced, so I guess for me, the work is, um, I, I think for anybody, you start the work wherever you need the work, right? And there's not one way. For me, it was and still is AA. That is my foundation. Yeah. And I think um, after fighting it for so long, I just got so broken. It became, I was brought to my knees so many yeah. times. 
that I became willing to do anything. And I had fought AA for years saying, oh, this isn't, this doesn't fit. This doesn't fit. Looking for the differences instead of the similarities. And when my ass was falling off and I had nowhere else to go, that was available in my neighborhood, right? In my hometown, like in the city where I was able to find women who were just like me, right? They were college educated women living in, you know, in nice parts of, of Seattle who um, look like me and basically uh, fit, like they, they represented who I wanted to be, yes. yes. right? Yes. And they were there in live flesh, okay. right? right? Which I think sometimes gets missed in, um, in the online culture is that there's something really important and Laura talks about, you know, what is it? She says sobriety is um is connection right and i do believe that there's a place for online communities it's um but i think that for me it's very very important that i make friends in my neighborhood so that if i fall off the radar some somehow like i go missing right and people are used to hearing from me they can show up at my front door and knock on it and be like are you okay Exactly. Um, exactly. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. I was going to say, cause I, it, that's so true because I mean, I don't know, we didn't discuss this, but you know, my, none of my friends were alcoholics or addicts. They, I mean, I had friends who drank a lot. I had friends that it was questionable, but there was no one in my world that, you know, clearly, you know, I was the only one who Mm -hmm. got a deal. I was the only one who, you know, got my kids taken away. I mean, I, I was the alcoholic and I'm no one, my friends were not. And you hear so many people in the rooms of AA often say, you know, I had to make all new friends, you know, mm-hmm. the, the people in this, you know, and, and with a lot of people, the people in the rooms of AA, that's their lifeline. Those are mm-hmm. their friends. I, that wasn't really my and it's still not really my experience. Um, and I'm so glad you said that because, you know, when I first got sober, you know, I did go to rehab. I did relapse for a very short time, you know, right after re- rehab. But I didn't know. The only, the only thing I knew was AA. Like, to, like that, was, that was the way you were going to stop drinking. I had no idea that there were so many... That AA is not the be all end all. Look, AA got me sober. You know, if it wasn't for that chair and my ass being in it, you know, I really owe my life to AA. But, you know, it's really since I have to say, since the pandemic and since I've, you know, um, been drowning in all the quitlet that I never read before and got connected mm-hmm. to all these amazing, you know, women and the TLC, you know, community, I've really, I've really, um, have realized that, you know, that, that there's, there really, you know, that there are many paths to recovery mm-hmm. and that even, you know, and through the online, um, meeting, like I've seen more people that, you know, I can relate to, for instance, you, than I do in my meeting. And my meeting is in a beautiful town, you know, five minutes from my house, tons of, you know, there's tons of sobriety filled with, you know, professionals and, Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, but I, there really aren't, you know, that, that many people in the room that I could completely relate to as, you know, like myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, on one hand, you know, I always say this, you know, we're all the same in the mm-hmm. respect that we're all addicts, you know, but we have many, many different backgrounds, many, many different stories. And I know what's going to, you know, what's going to keep me, you know, on this path and keep doing all the things I need to do is to be surrounded by people like myself. I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. you know, that that's, that's my truth. You know, that's, you know, it's one of, it's like, you know, secrets of a sober mom. I mean, I own it. I own it. You know, that's yeah. just, that's how I feel. And I will shout it from the rooftops and I'm not ashamed of it and I'm not embarrassed by it. And I don't think it mm-hmm. makes me, I don't feel like I'm better or worse than people that are not like me, but I know for this alcoholic, I need to stay connected to people like myself and not everyone and and do service, which I do, but not, I know that not everyone feels the way I do. And I respect that. And that's, that's how they choose to live their life. But yes. And I I know what I I have to do. Well, I think you kind of hit, for me, you hit something like the nail on the head in the sense that, that I, I need to be with people who are like me because for me, for so long, um, my life was just full of shame. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I walked around with a neon sign that said alcoholic shame on my forehead, yeah. right? And so for me to sit in a meeting where I saw people who were not doing well, right? And, and that, that contributed to my shame in that moment, right? So I, I needed to find a group of people who allowed me to, to move past my shame, right? Who yeah, taught me yeah. how to, to become shame resilient, right? And, and that wasn't in, in certain rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? And today I can go back to meetings where there is a lot of new sobriety, where I don't see a lot of light, where I don't see a lot of similarities. And for me, that is, that is, my service that is service right like yes. it is to provide um to provide help and experience and strength and hope to the alcoholic who still suffers right yes. and so yes. i can yes. go into the rooms because because i have surrounded myself with women who and i say women because for me it is all about women's meetings i think that there is a certain amount of of, of support there's a, there's plenty of there's a fair amount of support that we get from women that we just are not going to get in mixed meetings. And again, that's my story. And, 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 um, and I will always remain true to AA because that I, I do step work regularly, right? When I have my sister-in-law got into, we had a disagreement, for example, and it was about, it was about um, the coronavirus and, and exposure to other children and they live in the suburbs and it's very, it's a very different mentality down there. And they're all acting as if, you know, we have this finite window to like behave as normal, right? And and then they're going to shut us down again. So we might as well live it up, right? And it's hard because I want to bring my daughter out there, but it's because she's an only child. And it, and I was starting to get resentment because I would just see people going over there continually as my as my daughter was FaceTiming with her cousins, there would be another new kid over. And it was just like building, right? And what I've learned in the steps is that like, 
I felt resentful. And as a result, I did what I've been taught to do, which is to have a conversation with her. And it wasn't fun, but I was able to approach it um, from a, hey, this is how I feel. I welcome your thoughts. And we were able to talk through it. Now, that is something that I would not have done before because I would have just been angry and I would have talked to my husband about it and talked to my friend about it and like had this huge conversation about how Shelby's so disrespectful. And the reality is there's always two sides to a story. And, and that is what I learn in the programs of the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? It is, I don't have the luxury of having a resentment. And I also don't like to make up stories that don't exist. But that was like my jam when I drank, right? Oh I mean, my that's God. What, but today, that's not comfortable for me. And that's what I learned in AA. And that is to say, I, I absolutely believe, I agree with you in that like, in that recovery is a lifelong journey which means that it needs to adapt and it needs to change with where I'm at. Um, but AA is my foundation. If I don't have that foundation that's unshakable, then I'm in trouble. Yep. Um, because I know that the ladies, I have about 20 women here in Seattle that are, are the most amazing women I've ever met in my life. And I know that every single one of them would, would show up for me in a second. And um, that is something that I don't get from the online community. That gets another need, right? I oh, think yeah. for yeah. me, it's, um, and, uh, but that's just, um, I was so, I was so broken. I was so broken. And I'm so happy that I was, right? Because I would have not no, I would absolutely. not have made the change necessary to. No, no. Right? I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, you know, for me, you know, I, you know, there were so many horrific, horrific things that were happening to me. Yet, you know, I wanted an out. You know, I didn't want to die, but mm-hmm. I wanted to still drink. I mean, I wanted, and mm-hmm. I didn't want. I wanted to still drink, but I still wanted yep. my kids. Like I was looking for that door number three. You know, mm. and like, I don't yeah. know, I think I'm older than you. I don't know if you remember the show, Let's Make a Deal. Do you remember that? Am I aging myself? I remember it briefly. I don't know. I'm probably, I'm 41. There was always, there was always, you know, you could have this, you could have this, or yeah. you could take a chance on door number three. I, I wanted that door number three. And yeah. this is not Let's Make a Deal. And there is no door number three. And, You're right. And I think I, I did. I searched for the door number three for 13 years. That's how long I was, um. You know, I, I had years of sobriety within that 13 years, but being, but just not drinking and being sober and being in recovery are two very, very different things oh, man. that I did not understand until I got into recovery because, because just not drinking is purgatory. Oh, uh, it's exactly. Yes. I, I, I spoke about that in episode one. I speak about okay. that all the time. I just, I did not want to be that person mm-hmm. who, you know, just didn't drink. That is not, that's not why, that's not why I am still alive today. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Which is why you're doing this, right? Helping, yeah. helping to exactly. reduce the stigma and the shame associated 
with it and especially as mothers because we um we have to keep it all together i know and i um, you know we you, could talk go ahead go ahead go ahead no and i was just going to say and you know it's amazing how um i did listen to a little of the podcast that you did with your son and i think it's it really is incredible how smart they are and how much they learn through us and our recovery in the sense that when I, when I grew up and I think when you grow up, um, I'm assuming that like, we just didn't talk about things, right? Nobody really talked about anything. It was just like out of sight, out of mind. And, um, and that was the way that it was. And we, we don't, we don't subscribe to that today. Right. We talked about things. I'm sorry. I mean, mm -hmm. my family, we were very close and my parents were really like the most amazing, you know, wonderful parents in every way. And we did, you know, we were always very open and, you know, we talked about things, but, um, you know, there was also it, but not everything, (laughs) but not, Uh not, not everything, not, you know, not everything. And, you know, things in my life growing up were, you know, were pretty, you know, very normal. And, but when I think back and I really look back at some of the things that, you know, were very Mm -hmm. abnormal, it makes Mm -hmm. me realize, you know, the things I wasn't aware of that were going on, you know, clearly, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk about. That's so funny because it's very similar to my, you, you, you really did sum up sort of my experience. It's not until I became an adult and actually did some like digging getting well work, right? Some recovery work and really digging into family origin. Did I really understand the role that, um, the anxiety and, and my parents' lack of ability to really see it or address it, right? Played. And I don't blame them by any means. They did the best they could, but you know, I don't come from the typical dysfunctional alcoholic home. Right. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I didn't even know alcoholism was a thing. Like I really, really was that naive. Like I didn't see it. Me too. And so I think that that also plays into the narrative of, you know, looking for that third door. I really wanted to find that third door so badly because I'm like, I can't be an alcoholic because like nobody in my family is. Right. And so maybe I'm that one person who just, you know, had this perfect storm and like started drinking in a way that was self-destructive, but then I can miraculously recover. And it's like, it doesn't exist, right? But it's so hard because I want it to exist so badly. Right. And until I was able to understand finally <laughs> that that didn't exist, you know, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And man, I had to get knocked on my ass a hundred thousand times. But, um, but you know, I mean, we are all the same. We are all the same in that regard, right? Yep, yep. yep. Yeah. Oh, we could talk about this, you know, forever and ever. Forever. And, you know, as a mom, you know, let's um, let's plan, you know, another conversation. But you know, how you know the greatest gift, and I'm sure you would agree, you know, the greatest greatest gift I have now is the relationship that I'm able to have with my kids and the ability to show up and they trust me and I participate in their lives in every single way. And, you know, we could be role models now and, you know, on and on and on. And these are just the gifts that, um, 
that, you know, that come with, with, you know, choosing to lead a sober, a sober life. It's not okay. easy. It's, you know, it's, it's not easy, but when you make that choice, oh man, um, yeah. life is good. Life is good. It is easier than drinking, but we don't see that until we actually see it. Right. Yep. Um, and the reality is, is that there's never really a point where we get past any of it, right? It's just the understanding that, that, you know, things are going to be good and things are going to fall apart and things are going to be good and things are going to fall apart. But the reality is, is that today I've got tools, I've got people, um, I've got skills, right, to, um, to put things back together when they fall apart because life just will. Yeah. Um, and and you're right our kids are learning are learning that and you know something funny to leave um, my daughter six and we were at the dinner table one night and we were just I don't even know what what prompted her to say this but because we've been home in this pandemic like I have been um on these meetings and a lot of times she's playing around in the background and she's you know kids are so perceptive and smart and we're sitting around the table and and I don't, again, I don't know what prompted it, but she, she looks at me and she goes, yeah, mom, you're an alcoholic, right? And my, husband oh. and I, my husband and I's mouth dropped open. Cause we're like, we haven't had the conversation really. She's only six. Like oh, she doesn't so understand smart. completely. Right. And I was like, baby, like, what does that mean to you? And she said, oh, I just hear you say it on your meeting. And oh, it's just interesting it because yeah. they're absorbing all of this. Right. And it's, and it's the women who have gone before me who can who can help me navigate that next thing, right? I don't have to say, oh my gosh, now she knows. What does that mean? I can, I, I can say, what does that mean to you, right? To her, it's yeah. just a phrase. It means nothing. There's nothing attached. Exactly. Um, but now I have people who can help me do the next right thing to teach her what that is in, yep. in an appropriate time frame, yep. right? And, yep. and that is such a gift. Right. Instead of turning to the mommy wine to block it all out and shove it all exactly. down. Exactly. Exactly. Um, oh. So yeah, I mean, so many great things that we could talk about forever, but uh, but we don't have the time today. Uh, well, will you come back? I would love you to yeah. come back. I would love, love, love you to come back. So um, okay. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so. I'm so grateful that you, you know, were just open to um, to jumping on and, you know, being honest and sharing your story and your hope and your strength and your knowledge. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm so grateful for all of, you know, mm. for what all these connections. It's, it's really, Absolutely. it's really amazing. So, um, and thank you That's, for keeping the dialogue going, right? I mean, it's yeah, no, people it's like important. you that keep this going and teach women and teach moms yeah. and show moms that like, yeah. they're not alone, right? No, no, so. no. I mean, if if I suffered in silence for so long, I know there are so many others. I say it all the time. And um, mm -hmm. that's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm doing this podcast. I love it. So, um, all right. Again, thank you. Thank you. And um, let's talk again soon. Uh, let's do it. All right. Enjoy all right, your daughter you. and your husband and your life. Thank you. Me all right. Too. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, honey. Okay. Bye. I absolutely love 
speaking to the moms, particularly the moms of the younger kids. You know, they just, they just get it. And we have all done the same things and we all share the same guilt and remorse. And um, it's really nice when there is a community of people that you can find, you know, people just like yourself. And that's what I did with, um, with my friend, Vanessa. So I hope all of you moms out there um, got something out of that conversation. And keep going. And as always, I'm cheering for you. Bye-bye.